Welcome to What's Behind the Silence, the truth no one wants to talk about. Featuring Stacy Cutright and Stephanie Dimmel as your hosts. Hello, dear ones, and welcome to our show, What's Behind the Silence, the truth no one wants to talk about. I'm Stephanie Dimmel, and joining me is my co-host, Stacy Cutright. We are professional certified coaches, and we specialize in neuro-linguistic program- programming practitioners putting focus on the way our thoughts, feelings, and emotions affect our behaviors, and more importantly, impact our outcomes. Also, my focus is in helping people with them figuring out a better relationship with themselves, others, and the community around them. And Stacy puts a lot of focus on breakthrough recovery and also improving relationships, healthier relationships with others and thyself. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Good. Hey, friends, please uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Youth Thrive Coaching, as well as Stephanie D. Coaching. Hey, Steph and I want to help you through the roller coaster of life by sharing personal stories and of ourselves and also those of the individuals that we work with. And we want to help you see a different perspective in life. And help you work through your struggles and ultimately let you live out the life you deserve. What a great morning, Stacey. How are you today? I am so good. I'm so good. Today we're, we're, we're doing this extra early. And uh, so I was worried going to bed last night to see if I would be, you know, right on top of my game, but I'm, I'm really excited again about another podcast that we have because I, I, for me, this one hit has hit my life, um, in big ways. And so I, I hope that this will help, um, our listeners, um, and friends, you know, it will, it will strike a chord with them. I think so. And, you know, this is something I think that challenges everybody and challenges people in different ways. And I, uh, I too, this has affected me over my life. And, you know, it's really affected me too in the last couple of years, you know, ch- transitioning in my life. So I'm excited to get into this as well. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, just a fun fact real quick. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if people realize this, but I think this is so important with communication and how we communicate to others. And, you know, listening to this podcast uh, is, um, you know, something that many people will enjoy. But when we communicate with others, did you know that our communication, only 7% of it is translated through words? Do you know what? I was, I was taking a class yesterday. This is so crazy. I was taking a class yesterday on, um, you know, families okay and um also another one on um what happens um actually it was uh, on sexual assault and how they interview Uh um and that's what they brought that up Mm. they brought it's it's that exact topic up of seven percent i was like oh my gosh and how much is communicated through non-dialogue 
Yes. You know, our body language, our tone that we use and how we convey through communication through, through other forms that I didn't even realize. I'm like 7%, that's it. You know, they were saying, it's not really what, you know, that saying, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It is. It is so true. Cool. And, and, you know, I don't think we look at, it's not just, you know, verbally how we say it, it's how our body communicates it. Yeah, only 38%, I mean, 38% is, you know, is the tone of voice. Um, yes. That's how we communicate. And then 55%, 55% is through your body language. And the only reason I bring this up, Stacey, is because, you know, I work with a lot of parents and teenagers and communication and building a healthier relationship. And, you know, it's interesting to me when I'm having these dual sessions, how much more the body language speaks to me and the, we, the reason I brought that up is because that creates a fear of expressing ourselves to each other because of that tone and body language that we give back in response or feedback to somebody. And it creates this fear of us wanting to share. So I just thought I'd start the day with a little fun fact. And it's crazy that you were just experiencing that same uh, type of trivia yesterday actually I was listening to to the class you know two of the classes um last night before I went to bed you know put my my earpods in and I was you know that was something I got up and got my little notepad and wrote down that's crazy oh, so <laughs> you know how how our our brains are on the same wavelength on this stuff because I will tell you you know I really um man, it's almost like a, um, I really enjoy learning of how our behaviors, you know, can change our lives and impact others. And, um, you know, it's like, I can't get enough, you know, they always say knowledge is power mm -hmm. and, you know, it really, for us to be highly, you know, it's, it's a gift for people that are highly intuitive and you are one of those. And so when you're in those those coaching sessions with, with your kiddos and, you know, the parents, you know, it takes a high level of intuition when you're reading those behaviors through their, you know, their reactions. So true. Oh my gosh. So true. And, you know, I think that's part of our communication problems um, with society is we don't pay attention to social cues or behavioral cues or, you know, the tones and we're not paying attention and we're not getting those signals from people uh, that give us so much communication, right? It gives yes. us 93% of our communication is tone and, and uh, behavioral. So interesting. So I just thought I'd throw that out there this morning. You know, that's one thing that gets me excited about, you know, neurologistics programming, you know, because it, it, you know, that's one of the, the areas in that modality you know, yeah. is, is being able to be intuitive, you know, reading situations correctly, you know, reframing our, our thinking and thoughts and behaviors. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there too. Well, cool. Well, you don't want to get into this, um, talking about fear, you know, it, it really, I, I really got kind of geeked up about it because there's just so much that surrounds this topic that drives our human behavior. So you ready to get into it? I am, I am. 
I so am. What do you think are some of the biggest fears right now that people are experiencing? Well, I think one, the fear of the unknown, um, you know, the fear of the change that is happening, being forced upon people mm. um, because it's not their normal, um, you know, and how I look at fear is, you know, two things. Fear means to me that we can face everything and run or we can face everything and rise. And unfortunately, in society, we're not really taught or encouraged to, to kind of get excited about fear and do some discovery around it so we can rise. Because a lot of times people, when they start getting that sense, you know, because there is a biochemical reaction that happens, as well as an emotional response that happens. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when it comes to the biochemical reaction, you know, that's where our, our bodies, um, you know, automatically perceive different threats, um, et cetera, that is like in our subconscious, our body just does it. And in the emotional responses um, that we have, a lot of times those fears are based on past experiences and not necessarily in today's what's going on in 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 the moment for them and you know I think you know we we just did a podcast on, on stuck and I think another thing is fear does keep us stuck I agree and, and so you know I think you know fear of jobs fear of you know relationships um you know, the fear, like I said, of change. Um, and a big one, I will tell you, fear of having to address yourself, looking at what do you bring to the table? You know, I, I, one thing I see over and over is, and it's a huge one for me, is accountability. People unable to to put the onus on themselves, you know, look, is this a me problem or is it that, or is it truly the, the you problem? Um, and I know I got off topic a little bit. Um, so, you know, that's, that's what, you know, I see, you know, social anxiety um, as well, you know, a lot of people, can't, you know, in large groups or because of the comparison, you know, do I fit in? Am I part of the norm? And I, I'll tell you, people say, you know, I want to be normal. And I'm like, normal's just a setting on the dryer. You know, <laughs> you know what is, is isn't it? What is normal? I mean, to be honest, I don't want to be normal because the norm is really not healthy. It's no, really it's screwed up. Yeah, and society really helps dictate what that norm is painted as. So, and that's that's scary because we all aren't cut cookie cutter, right? We're all different, unique in our own way. You know, what does fear what does fear represent to you? You know, you touched on one of them, and that was a social anxiety. You know, for especially this last couple of years, um, you know, with the Rona running around and you know, what, what I experience over and over and over is with people that are really struggling 
to go into crowds, groups of people, but also, you know, what I think is one of the biggest fears that I encounter with people um, that I help, and that is fear of disappointing others or fear of judgment, fear mm -hmm. of rejection. Those three things right there really drive a lot of the behaviors of the people that I know and that I have encountered over the years. And, you know, it's heart-wrenching to watch somebody that fears disappointing others because it's more of a people-pleasing thing. And they are constantly living their lives and making decisions and choices for others rather than making decisions and choices for themselves. And it's, um, it's a really prevalent thing, I think. What do you think? Oh, gosh. You know what? You just struck a chord with me. <laughs> because it, it's like you were in my past life, you know, the before I started um, on my journey of self-discovery, because I was a people pleaser. I was, what do people think of me? I was making, you know, what can I do to, to make others happy? And in tune, I lost myself. Yeah. And, um, you know, another one for me, was a fear of abandonment because yes. I had no sense of self. Uh, you know, I didn't know who I was and I really couldn't be still and sit with myself. And so it was always that external doing externally. And instead of, you know, embracing my internal. So you really hit that a lot with me, you know, because the minute somebody would, would say to me, you know, whether it was, they're like, I don't agree with you, or, um, you know, that's not how it is, or, you know, um, even this is what I think you should do. And if my, if it wasn't aligning with my internal, you know, there should, then I was feeling bad that I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, it became an internal struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, it was almost like a boxing match. You know, do I, do I stay within myself or do I do what they think I should do? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, exactly. Those driving forces behind those things that don't bring us healthy thoughts, emotions, and behaviors, right? Oh, absolutely. Or, or peace or peace. You know, yeah. it takes away our joy. It takes away our peace. It takes away excitement, mm -hmm. takes away our self-confidence. Yeah. And to be honest, it takes away our, our ability to engage with people at our highest level. It does. You know, we didn't touch on one either and it was fear of failure. And I oh. think that ties in the judgment. I don't Absolutely. know. I think it ties in there. You know, when I was in the workplace with at FedEx, so many people just didn't want to try. I think I told that story last time, that young lady that didn't want to promote because she didn't feel like she had the skills or the qualities that in, and it was in her mind, right? Not in mm -hmm. anybody else's. Everybody else saw her potential, but in her mind, she had created this false narrative and it created this fear of failure. So it's yeah. really, I mean, I think so many of us on this call today 
can probably resonate with some type of fear. So, you know, what do we do about it? What do we do about fear? So do you have a personal story or anything you want to share? Well, you know, I, I guess I will. Um, And it's, it's more kind of like a general of, of, you know, how, you know, I, I had been diagnosed with, with a panic, severe panic disorder. And, um, you know, my heart rate at all times would be at between 160. And this was on, um, you know, anti-anxiety meds. And they had me on a high level of benzos, um, such as six milligrams a day. I don't know how I was functioning, but the anxiety and fear was so strong that even medicated, my heart rate was between 165 and 175 resting. And, you know, I had gone to the ER several times thinking I had a heart, was having a heart attack. I had to have a heart cath, you know, and only for them to come in and say, oh, it's just stress. It's just anxiety. And I wanted to kick them in the teeth because I'm like, (laughs) just, you have no idea what it feels like a heart attack. And so, you know, with the anxiety, which, you know, fear is, it creates the anxiety. Um, It also created havoc with my immune system. And for years, I was sick every four to six weeks. My, my clients would say to me, you're sick again. And then I'd feel bad. Like I'm doing something wrong. Okay. And I'm taking vitamins and I'm trying to do all these things and it's not working and I can't understand. And when I say sick, it was bronchitis or pneumonia. Wow. So we're not talking about, you know, just a little sniffle and you know, once I was able to get the anxiety and fear and address that head on, I will tell you, knock on wood, I have been healthy. I have been healthy. I, you know, thank God, knock, again, knock on wood, and I pray that it stays this way, but I've escaped COVID. You know, my son had COVID in our house, and that was very scary to me. I thought, oh, God. I get everything, (laughs) but that was my fear of what I knew before. Yeah. That's what I knew before. And so, you know, we don't realize, you know, what it, what it actually, you know, like the symptoms that we can experience, we can, we can experience, you know, chest pain, chills, you know, dry mouth, nausea, the, the rapid heartbeat you know, shortness of breath, sweating, you know, a lot of people shake, um, you know, get the upset tummy or kind of that irritable bowel. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, it really creates a lot of havoc in our, in our life. And also, you know, like I said, biochemically, you know, we don't realize that, you know, those reactions that I just spoke about, that's all biochemical reactions. It is. It so is. You know, so, you know, do you have any personal stories? Yeah, I do. You know, I, I want to just real quick, you know, what you said about the body, I, you know, it is so interesting and it, it is so true. And, you know, there's tons of research 
you know, people that are happier and experience less, I guess, stress, less anxiety, less trauma, um, they're not as sick as much. Mm-mm. And um, it's because you're right. It's by bi- it's biological. It's the chemicals running around and through your body that are um, producing certain um, chemicals that promote your immune system. And so, yeah, when your body is constantly in destruction mode, it's not getting those types of chemicals to boost. So it's really interesting. And I'm glad you said that for our audience. I think that's important. Uh, You know, for me, I'll give you my most recent example. And, you know, I feel like, you know, we, we all go to, we all have our cross to bear throughout our life and we all have our challenges that we have and some are worse than others. And, you know, I didn't really feel you would have thought in my twenties and thirties, Stacy, with all the, the havoc that was going on with me and my family, you know, with me coming out that there'd be, I have a ton of stories from that on fear. And I do have something I'll share in our next podcast. However, I'm going to talk about my latest experience with anxiety because I, you know, maybe I masked it before and I didn't really know what it was and maybe it was all the drinking I did that you know would shove down those emotions in my 20s and 30s so maybe I didn't really experience anxiety in a way that I did this last couple of years you know I did that life change you know you know I'll out myself I'm 50 I'm gonna be 53 this week you know what I think you should celebrate the whole damn month I usually do. Oh, good. good. <laughs> no, actually, good. this year I actually forgot it was my birthday this week. I totally had spaced it, and here I was ordering all this stuff online. And Chris is like, "What are you ordering things for?" <laughs> She's like, "It's your birthday. People want to get you gifts." And I just cracked up. I was like, "I totally forgot." But anyway, back to the story. So, when I was fifty, I quit FedEx after eighteen years. You know, that was a lifelong career for me, and I was like, "Whoa, what am I going to do?" Stacy, I have never experienced panic and anxiety attacks until this last two years. And I can tell you, it is the most um, scary experience, especially for somebody that, you know, I'm pretty happy go lucky and I am pretty, let's see the positive. I'm I'm a overly optimistic person. And so it felt like I was having a heart attack a lot of times. It felt like my chest was going to explode. It felt like I would get these thoughts running through my head. And thankfully, I, I'm a, you know, I built this awareness over my life of, you know, with my if my body's doing certain things, I start to think, okay, what's my mind thinking about? But Stacy, it was, it was, it was so scary for me because I really had never felt that anxiety to that level. And, you know, I've always had stress and stuff with, you know, work and my career, but this was different. And it was really true panic. And the panic was about that I'd quit my career. I didn't really know what I was going to do with the rest of my my new life, you know, the next 50 years. And so I was just really, um, I didn't know what to do. Like half the time it was hard to channel all that energy. It was hard to redirect it, you know, because I'm always working with people to redirect and reframe and, you know, go, go change your, you know, what you're currently doing physically. And, you know, sometimes it, get, it got really hard to channel that. And it was all that fear of failure, right? That's what yeah. it was. 
Am I going to be able to help support our, our family here? Am I going to make enough money? Am I going to find a career, um, open my own business and be successful at it? Am I going to actually be able to do this on my own? Where am I going to get support from? And it, it was just sheer panic. And, you know, I went through that for a good, you know, it was almost a year. But the true panic really set in right after 20, uh, January 2021. And for just a string of months there, I was just, I was in sheer anxiety for a long time. And fortunately, you know, I have, you know, Carissa to really talk things through and she helps me put things in perspective and helps me calm my fears. However, I'm, I'm aware enough to know that there's so many people out there that don't have that person to talk to, to put things in perspective and to break state some of those thoughts. You know, sometimes a lot of people can't break those thoughts. And so they just ruminate in those thoughts over and over and over. And Stacey, it's horrifying. Oh, <laughs> you're not kidding. And that was minimal compared to the anxiety and fear that a lot of people have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, thank you for sharing. Thanks. You know, I want, can, can we move into like um, ways that we can help others um, cope with it? Like Absolutely. Yes. You okay. know, we, we have a question um, from Amber in Texas with, and I thought that would be a great way to share how to deal with it. Okay, awesome. What's the question? Well, she wrote in and she said, how do you overcome the fear of being in a social gathering? That is awesome. That is awesome. You know, I, you know, I always say to, to myself, when I'm going into situations that I know that I already am feeling scared, okay, of that unknown, whether it's social, whether it's a travel experience or whatever. And I say to myself, okay, Stacy, pre-plan your relapse. And to me, a relapse is getting into that fear, getting into that panic. And what will I do? And so, you know, I truly, I visualize myself in that situation and what choices do I have? What outlets? So whatever I'm fearing, I put into like a strategy. If this happens, I can choose to do this. If that happens, I can choose to do that. And I will tell you that has helped me out huge. You know, a lot of people think relapse is just substance. Again, recovery is not just substance. To me, recovery, whether it's substance, anything else, is, you know, really looking at our behaviors, looking at our emotional mindset, mm -hmm. because that drives everything else. So, you know, for me personally, you know, I use a strategy of, um, you know, allowing myself to, to have different plans, safety, safety nets that I can be comfortable. And I can say going into, you know what, I'm safe. I got this. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's a, a really great way is visualization. It, those are such effective techniques to help people through. 
And, you know, with anxiety or fear comes a lot of negative energy. And one of the things that I find very helpful, especially when I was going through extreme panic attacks just recently, you know, within the last year, one, one of the things that I would do was really um, two things, deep breathing. And I would really sit and really try to focus on my breathing and try to breathe as deep as I could to slow my breathing because I was, I found myself breathing really fast because my heart rate was really high. And the other thing was I would try to release the energy somehow because that energy was what was driving all of that anxiousness inside me and that really tight chest and that really all that fast breathing. And so really trying to release that energy, whether it would be, uh, going for a, a quick little walk, or if I would just go out in the yard and water the plants, anything, go play with Ellibug outside, but it was just something to distract immediately that, that anxious feeling that I was having. And it seemed to really help me get that energy out and calm that right away. Absolutely. You know, I, I also feel that, you know, we need to to um, put in place, you know, healthy, you know, social supports are safe people. Okay. That can, that can help us, you know, like Chris says to you. Okay. Um, And a lot of times we, if we have a significant other, we look or we feel that they should be our person. And then we get disappointment because they're, they're not capable Mm-hmm. And so, you know, being able to identify like our tribe and who it is. And I also believe that, you know, practicing mindfulness, you know, being able to be mindful of what you are thinking, replacing the negative thoughts that you, you are feeling and replace them with more helpful ones. You know, you had mentioned, um, you know, deep breathing, you know, doing pace breathing, you know, progressive muscle relaxation, some yoga, you know, yoga, I'm not flexible. So, you know, yoga is not one meditation. You know, one I do is exploration meditation. And, you know, it gives me a way afterwards, what after I'm able to explore what's going on. And, you know, identify when I'm having a somatic experience within my, my body is, you know, work through that, you know, distress tolerance skills. I can't speak enough. We need a whole tool, toolbox full. Yeah, we do. We do. And, you know, just like people are going to the gym and working out, you know what, friends daily, we need to be working on our, our emotional mindset Agreed. and strengthening that and changing our neural pathways and getting them from, you know, when, when it goes to the negative, goes to the negative. I mean, if it's been doing that for years, that's immediately where it's going to go. However, we have the capabilities of retraining those pathways with our, our thoughts and, you know, implementing more positive changes in our in our our behavior and our reactions and so it it will start firing going the other way in an easier um you know standpoint and another one you know is taking care of our health 
you know, fueling their body with, with healthy nutrition, Absolutely. You know, get moving, get, they have some type of regular exercise daily. I don't care if it's cleaning the house. I don't care if it's, Hey, if someone wants to go shopping and walk around, you know, somebody likes going to the gym and, you know, this is something that, you know, people, I don't sleep very well. And however, what I find is I get enough sleep. I don't set an alarm. I listen to my body. And when my body says you had enough, it's like, okay, I'm up. It could be two 30 in the morning. Yeah. It could be 1230. It could be three 30, you know, and I was always, you know, like at 10 o'clock or, you know, in the morning, just I, not a morning person. Okay. And never feeling refreshed. Mm -hmm. And I wake up every day refreshed, ready to start the day. So, you know, us getting adequate sleep is so vitally important. So, you know, I look at, those are just some areas that I touch on for myself, you know, also in that, um, you know, uh, distress tolerance, I will tell you keeping oranges in the freezer. Okay. And this is a DBT skill and keeping oranges in the freezer and, you know, one, it will give the cold, the sensory of the cold and kind of the shock in the, in the, in the system when we hold on to them but we can always also scratch them and sniff and get that scent. And that will take some of that anxiety away. And again, I know I talk about the ranch. Let me tell you, we had oranges in all the freezers and many. And, you know, I always got uh, afraid of, okay, who's going to be, you know, having the anger management issue and start whipping the <laughs> whipping the oranges, but I mean that never happened. Okay, that never happened. But that it was a thought of mine. I'm like, okay, uh, well, this person do this, you know. So you know, what do you agree with with you know some of my thoughts on on coping with fear? I do, and you know, a lot of it is self care and you know, realizing, and we talked a lot about awareness so far in our podcast and bringing awareness to what you're feeling. You know, I always encourage the people I work with to journal, you know, what are you feeling right before? Because I think that awareness around that anxiety is so important. Like, why is my, why is my body doing what it's doing? And what are those actual thoughts that I'm thinking? And then looking for that evidence of, okay, is it just a thought I'm making up or is it a true thought that is, you know, something I'm going to need help with and getting, getting my thoughts around it and thinking. And I love that you brought up the nutrients because how we fuel our body is so important. If we're going to fuel our body with junk, it's going to create jittery feelings, like a lot of caffeine, jittery feelings, sugar, things like that. And so if you're already anxious and you're fueling your body with things that are going to make your body jittery, then that's just a counterproductive you know, thing that you're doing with, with, with yourself. Also, you know, I think I love your, your part about having a plan. So I, I think this is a, something that people can do also, first of all, realize that, Hey, even I have a little social anxiety these days going into the crowds because it's just something we've been cooked away for so long. And, you know, we're starting to get back out in society. And so it, it's a little, you know, it's, 
I, for me, it's not about the group. It's about dealing with the different personalities out there in the world. And I, I know that we've all had a lot of time of reflection of what we like and what we don't like in the workplace. And so it's that dealing with different personalities that really bring us those fears and those anxieties, I think is what's important. So I suggest, you know, if you've got an event this weekend, or if you've got somewhere you have to go and you're a little bit anxious about it, you know, set small goals, you know, you don't have to go for the whole time. Maybe you go for 45 minutes, start small, especially if it's your first social gathering that you've gone out to, you know, we can't just build back everything at one time, especially if you are carrying all those emotions and, you know, they're causing you to feel a certain way. So I think start small and maybe ask somebody that you trust to go with you, a family member or a friend or coworker, ask them to go with you, you know, and limit that time there. And just know that there's so many people that are experiencing this same type of anxiety right now. And you know, be honest with yourself, be honest with others that, you know, have fun with it. You know, don't think of it such a bad thing. You're not alone on that island. There's just so many people that would probably connect with you that are feeling that same way. And, you know, I always tell people, if, especially for those that are introverts, when you're going into a crowd and if you're nervous because, you know, that takes a lot of energy from an introvert a lot of energy. It's very exhausting. They, they need to refuel after a little bit of time and being in crowds of people. I, I always say, you know, if you don't know what to say, and that's part of your anxiety of going into a group of people or just one person, have a set of questions to ask them. That way you don't have that pressure of trying to keep the conversation going. Ask some questions and keep that conversation going that way. And that takes a lot of pressure off of you having to share things because that probably brings some anxiety as well as having to share things and that small talk. And a lot of people don't do well with small talk. And the last thing I'll say is that find somebody that you admire for their strengths when they're going into crowds or how they you know, are confident in talking with people. Find somebody where the, they have the behaviors that you want and try to mirror. That's one of the techniques we use is mirror some of those behaviors that someone that you admire have and try to put some of those behaviors in place over time and start small, start with one behavior. But I think over time, then you can build out a plan to enter into social gatherings. I, I couldn't agree with everything that you're saying more. Um, if I might share a last thought yeah. real quick, you know, I, I touched on somatic experiencing, and I think it's really important for us to identify, um, you know, to be able to ward off right away, like, how does our body react in fear? Do I get flush? Does my heart start to race a little bit? Do I get, you know, sweaty palms? You know, what is the precursor to the next level of fear. And if we can, if we can identify, like, how does our body react, you know, first, you know, um, and, and do a scanning, then the minute that we start feeling that maybe flushness in the face or the palms starting sweat or, or the heart racing, that's when we can say, okay, self, I, I, I got you. 
I understand that you're scared. And, but you know what? We have a way, these are the tools that we have in our toolbox. So let's start using them. I agree. I agree hundred percent. So in closing guys, um, I'm excited for our next podcast. Um, and that is going to be on beliefs. Ooh, me too. I love talking <laughs> about beliefs. Ooh. Yes. So, you know, I, I'm super excited that, you know, we're starting to get questions in. Um, we're getting more viewers, uh, more listeners. And I, I will speak for myself. And I think I can speak for Stephanie. Man, we're having a great time doing this. You know, um, you know, just the feedback that we've gotten. It's not just from, you know, our, our general listeners and friends, you know, we've had professionals in the medical, in the mental health field, you know, chime in and, you know, let us know, Hey, you're doing an awesome thing. You know, bringing awareness, that's what we need. And so, you know, thank you guys. You know, we really, please, you know, encourage you to, um, use the information uh, attached in our contact and reach out to us because really we want this to be a podcast of you. This is not about, you know, Steph and I, this is about us wanting to help better others. It is. It so, is. and don't forget yeah. to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow Stacy at youthrivecoaching.net. Uh, that's on Instagram, right? And then uh, no, it's you thrive coaching oh, underscore yeah. you thrive coaching on Instagram and on Facebook. My business page is at you thrive coaching. That is sorry, apologize right there. And then um, mine is at Stephanie D coaching. And then you'll find more information if you want to book a um, you know call with us. Maybe there's something that you would like to uh, talk about and see if coaching would be right for you. I put some email information in our description of the podcast as well as the website and, uh, you know, reach out to us. We're here to help. And it takes, um, you know, th this is a free call, a 30 minute call to, to see if coaching can help you. And I truly encourage you to do that because that's like Stacy said, we are here. We just want to help you. Uh, we have some secrets to life that we want to share and, the more we share, that means you can share. And the more people we touch one day at a time, the happier this world comes. And life's not full of that fear. Yes, I speak about community and unity all the time. Yeah. And so anyway, hey, friends, go out, smile, be kind. And, and be better, uh, do better, and treat people better. Rock on. See you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to What's Behind the Silence, the truth no one wants to talk about with Stacy Cutright and Stephanie Dimmel.